Welcome to episode two of the Normal Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Whipple. My guest today is Erin H., who has a very young little boy. It is her only child, and she was very blessed to have a good family network and lots of friends who gave her their knowledge, gave her resources where she could do her own research, take a look at a bunch of different things, and really understand what was meaningful and what wasn't and what was important to her. And it helped her to have a fulfilling birth experience. So I hope you really enjoy her story. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself. We we haven't met, so... My name's Erin. My okay. sister is Megan. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, I grew up in Goodlitzville. I don't know if, she, if she's told you those. Just are a you little bit. Friends? Are you neighbors? A little, the... little bit of both. Yeah, she's right across the street. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, we grew up in Goodlitzville. Um, my little guy's name is Jax. He's seven months old tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's the biggest thing going on in our lives now. We moved back to Tennessee last December, so coming up on a year here soon. Okay. Uh, we were out in Seattle for like three years before that. Ooh, nice. Uh, yeah, we went there after we got married just to yeah. kind of like, because we were doing some caregiving for my husband's parents for a while, so we needed to like get away and do our own thing. So we did that in Seattle, and then, then we were ready to come back once the little man was on his way. So that sounds good. So are you back near your parents now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So my parents are like 30 minutes away. We're in Mount Juliet. I don't know how familiar you are with Nashville. Um, so yeah, we're Mount Juliet. It's like an hour from Megan, sister yeah. Megan, and like 30 minutes from our parents. That's, that's good. It's good to have family around <laughs> when you've got little ones. I don't know how people yeah. do it when they don't. <laughs> I, I I would I would have no idea yeah like Megan came over the first couple of days right after and then my mom was here and then they're just they were there like all summer on the weekends it was super fun yeah just having extra people extra hands that's awesome that's oh that's so great I'm jealous <laughs> do you um do you have a, a full-time job part-time anything like that or are you so, staying home I'm staying home right now I okay. worked um, I'm trained as a physical therapist, so that's okay. what I was doing in Seattle. My job, I guess it would be because, yeah, it was part time 24 hours a week. I just did three days, it was great. Yeah, um, so I think I'll, I think I'll go back to it. Um, okay. I think I wanted to be, I really hate um pumping, I did a lot of it the first few months, and I was like, I don't ever want to do this again, so I don't want to go back to work until I'm like, I wouldn't have to pump, is basically where I'm at. That's a good plan. <laughs> Do you know how long you're planning on nursing? <laughs> At least a year. At least a year. Okay. Is it going going well or challenging? It is now. It okay. took a good eight weeks for us to figure it out. Yeah. And it took a good three months for it to stop hurting. Okay. So time I like have friends that are pregnant, I'm like, let me tell you. <laughs> It doesn't always come easy and it can be like much longer than people actually yeah. say that it takes. They're like, it's painful for a week. And I'm like, no, no, it was three months. It was painful for you for a week. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. for other people it would be different. But he had a tongue tie that we had to get. We got that clipped in uh. two weeks, and then just kind of like getting him to figure out the latch, and it was it was a journey. Yeah, sounds um, like it. But what kind of totally, um, totally what kind of that went through the journey, and we are where we are now. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of support did you get in that? We, so I did go see lactation consultant a couple of times. Mm-hmm. At, I saw her a couple of times in the hospital. Okay. I think we were making her nervous before we left. So she like <laughs> came back to see us and she was like, I'm just, I'm just not sure. Just going to check need back in. With formula. I just need to check back in with you guys. Yeah. So that was super nice of her. So we did have to supplement it first because he wasn't okay. getting anything. Yeah. Um, and then I saw a lactation consultant probably three times after, like after we got home. Okay. Um, so she did like the, he like fed and then they weigh him so she can see how much he got. That's so helpful. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he like, wasn't taking in enough. So she was like, so he, she was like, feed him, then pump and then like mm-hmm. syringe feed him extra. So we were doing like the triple feeding thing that they say, and this is why I never want to pump again ever. Oh yeah. For anyone listening who doesn't know what triple feeding is, I, I it's like hell week <laughs> for however long you have to do it. That's all you're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's the only thing that you do. Yeah. And, and your you... nipples don't get any rest. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's... We eventually, we eventually, cause what we were, we were doing it overnight too. Oh. And it was taking an hour and a half and yeah. I'm like, something's got to give. So eventually I was reading some paperwork from the lactation consultant in the hospital mm-hmm. and there was one line on this paperwork and it said, number one priority, feed your baby. Mm-hmm. Number two priority, protect your milk supply. Mm-hmm. Number three priority, work on latch. And I yeah. was like, why am I breastfeeding at night? Huh. <laughs> like this, is, why am I doing this? I'm going to wake up and pump and my husband is going to syringe feed what I pumped the previous time and we're going to knock it out in 30 minutes and we're all going to go back to sleep. So like once I like read that (laughs) and then my nights got infinitely better, like the anxiety went away. I wasn't having to be like, like it was, it was just too much overnight. And so my nipples did get a little bit of a rest because at least pumping hurts less than the latching was hurting. So they at least got rest overnight. But yeah, so that was a game changer just doing that but still it's every one to three hours that until he was sleeping yeah (laughs) yeah but it's a lot that gets replaced with sleep (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is just a whole different ball game Mm -hmm. yes which made a huge difference great I remember the first time my husband and I got a three-hour stretch of sleep and we were like new people (laughs) I think it was three in the morning maybe we slept from like midnight to three and we were like we got three hours of sleep. We were like texting people, like catching up on all the things that we didn't do for like the past two weeks because we've been too tired. It was, yeah. Man, that's that was, awesome. It was a great day. Has three he been hours. able to to spend a lot of time home with you? So Google is amazing and they give like 16 weeks paternity leave or something insane like that. And they yeah. can take it throughout the whole first year. Um, oh. So he took the first month which was incredible because that was like the heaviest 
hardest feed time. That's yeah. when we were having to do the syringe feeds and everything like that. Um, so if I didn't have them for that first month, like that, we wouldn't have made it. We, yeah. we couldn't have done it. Um, and now he's like taking weeks here and there, like he'll be off next week so we can hang out a little bit more. Um, so it's, it's, I'm so grateful that he has that time. It's super nice. That's a great leave policy. I don't think I'd heard that one before. Like more than most women get, which is insane to me. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. oof. well, mm-hmm. let's back up a little bit and start at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, Real quick, and I can I can clip this part if you if you want to share anything. Um, is there anything that you um, don't want me to ask? Anything off limits? No. No. Okay. So, um, what do people normally say? Um, you know, some people are sensitive about um, you know, if there's been like fertility issues or miscarriage or anything like that. Just a lot of different trigger points, especially early on in the process. Um, and I, I don't want to share any of that that you don't care to share. Yeah, no, yeah. then we're good. I didn't know if there was something that I was missing or overlooking and you would ask and I'd be like, wait, don't do that. But yeah. Well, if it happens, good. just say, nope, cut that. Let's yeah. skip over it. Okay. Um, so were you guys wanting a child planning or was this a surprise? We, we're, we were wanting and we were okay. planning. Um, we were doing, I had an IUD. And then it was, my periods were awful and very painful. So we got it taken out like a year before and okay. we just did like natural method, like tracking method. Okay. Um, my periods are very regular. I knew when I was ovulating, all of that stuff we tracked for a year. That's so then uh, we were, yes. And we, um, everyone was the only thing we didn't want to have. This is crazy. We didn't want to have a baby in February. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you can't plan when you have your kid. And I was like, yeah, but I can try to plan when to start having a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I can start in July because then I probably wouldn't have a February kid. Yeah. And the only reason everything bad that has ever happened in my husband's family has happened in February. Okay. So we just didn't want a February kid. Yeah. I didn't want to set weird. yourself up for that. So That's... We skip that. So we were like, July, we'll start trying. Um, and so it, it worked out easy for us and I'm grateful for that I knew when I was ovulating and it just it happened the first try so I'm happy that we waited until we were absolutely ready yeah because I figured at my age I think I was 34 when oh 34 almost 35 when we conceived I was like it's probably going to take six months like Mm -hmm. we'll at least like give ourselves like give us give ourselves some room give ourselves some time um but it happened very quickly so I'm glad we were (laughs) How'd you feel about getting that first positive test? Um, it was a lot. It was, and it, I was, I've always been my entire life. I never wanted children. Mm -hmm. And then my sister had her third kid Mm -hmm. and I was there like within those first couple of weeks, helping her out with the other two and spending time with this new guy. And I just looked at him one morning and I was like, I think I want one of these. And it was the first time I had ever thought that <laughs> in my life. I must've been 30 or 31 years old. And I was like, where did that thought come from? Um, so it's never been like, it hasn't been my whole life that I've yeah. been wanting this. It's just been a recent thing. So I guess, so like I missed my period. I'm like three days late. 
and I'm like talking to my sister and my mom and I'm like I don't know like my period's late I don't know what to do and my sister was like take a pregnancy test (laughs) like (laughs) that's the next step for you and I was like oh okay I'll do that and I was like what do how, what do I do she's like you buy it and then take it in the morning like do it with your first pee and I was like mm-hmm. okay I'll go to Target I got my tests but then I like couldn't wait until the next morning I was like my period's already three days late like it's probably like it's gonna show up on this yeah pee if it's if it's positive so it was so I just I think I just like walked into my husband's office and I was like it's positive <laughs> he was like okay we this is happening <laughs> okay we're pregnant what do we do now like it was just I don't know um but it was it was exciting but it was like I don't know just all the feelings you're anxious about it you you never like we have lots of friends who have like lost pregnancies and you hear about that a lot so like you're cautiously excited um so there's just it's all it's a lot of feelings yeah well and oh one thing I hear commonly with people who get pregnant on the first try is they weren't expecting it. So then mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, Oh, oh no. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. I, I think there's people just like want you to be just... happy about it and you are, but uh-huh. like, there's more to it than that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and I still kind of like expected something mm-hmm. to go wrong. And I think yeah. that's, that's just kind of how my brain works in general. Like I don't always, like, I don't, like I'm not a negative person I don't always like I don't always think the worst is going to happen but I kind of always like plan for the worst in case it does yeah that makes sense that makes sense if if you Um, plan for the worst you can't be disappointed later yeah maybe (laughs) like I just know yeah yeah you're just I don't know so yeah we were we were cautiously excited but yes we didn't like it happened much sooner than we expected so there was a period of like what do we do now? Because it also like set all of these other things into motion of we need to get back to Tennessee. We need to start like, we need to start house searching. So it just kind of like moved forward all of those plans that we were like, when we get pregnant, this will happen. And then suddenly it's in front of you and you're like, okay, we need to start doing all of those things we've been talking about. So, well, then you got the joy of moving while pregnant. That's lovely. So fun. How far along were you? Um, let's see. July to December. What is that? July, August, September, so October. Five five months. months. Five months. Oh. So like just starting to It was just starting to show because it was my first one. Yeah. I think I still had energy. Um, but we since it was cross country, we paid for movers best decision we've ever made they came and they packed us up and they packed it in the truck and they drove it across the country and then they put it all in our house so all I had to do was like unpack the boxes at the end yeah Um, so yeah that was money very well spent that's great (laughs) my husband doesn't have time to do it I don't have the energy to do it yeah spend the money to have somebody else do it perfect Yeah. How was the pregnancy? Did you have any major complications or did it go pretty smooth or something in between? Nothing, nothing major. Okay. A lot of nausea from like week six to week 13, probably. Okay. I only, I didn't, I didn't really have any vomiting. I vomited a couple of times mm-hmm. toward the end of it. Um, but just nauseous constantly. 
Yeah. And it was awful. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure lots of people know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you just, it's just constant. And you, like, I couldn't, I used to like pack my lunch in the morning to, and then go to work, but like, I didn't know what was going to sound good. Mm-mm. No, you get with, to work and like, I don't want that anymore. I can't eat that. Yeah. So I ended up like peanut butter, peanut butter and jelly and pretzels was a good go-to. Okay. I always could eat that. Um, so I could like suffer through lunch, but, and then all I wanted was like cucumber and hummus and carrots. Okay. We're going to do a lot of that. And a lot of citrus. That was the other thing that okay. I craved during pregnancy was citrus. I feel like acidic stuff. Yeah. Do you like... Do you like sour candies normally? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like gummy candies, sour candies. I sucked on a lot of Jolly Ranchers. I found that just like sucking on candy while at work mm-hmm. helped a lot. Because yeah, being at work, especially in a hospital, being nauseous early yeah. pregnancy, like don't recommend. But mm-hmm. if you have to do it, sucking <laughs> on candies definitely helpful. Yeah. Did uh-huh. you find any good go-to remedies for that, or was it just miserable? It's just miserable. <laughs> there was like one of my coworkers, she was like, Oh, I had that too. So gave me some like lin- lemon ginger lozenges. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I think as long as I was sucking on something, it yeah. was helpful, but there was not like nothing, nothing helped. That makes Suddenly, um, I'm a daily coffee drinker. Mm-hmm. Love it so much. One morning I woke up and it was like, you don't want this anymore. Mm-mm. drink this anymore and I was like well I'm done with coffee <laughs> didn't have headaches like there was no caffeine withdrawal that was oh, most nice. surprising to me. but yeah. my body was like this is not for you anymore <laughs> and you're okay with that so that was that was probably the biggest shock to me yeah to be like oh but that's my favorite thing <laughs> why are you <laughs> taking that from me please don't do that but oh. It sucks, but at the same time, you don't get any joy out of it anymore if you do Uh partake. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, Yeah, like it was, it was easy to give it up because I'm like, it sounds terrible. Yeah, (laughs) I don't, I don't want that. So, Um, so what was important to you going into labor and delivery? Um. The most important thing, honestly, was for me to give birth to a healthy child and for me to come out of it okay. Yeah. For both of us to leave the hospital and we're okay and for it to go generally smoothly. That was the most important. Other than that, I didn't feel too strongly about how it went. Okay. Because it was something. I didn't want to make a firm plan for my birth because it's something that I've never done before. So yeah. how can I like know how I'm going to react in that situation if I don't even know how it's going to feel? Yeah. Um, so my biggest goal was just to go into it with an open mind and be okay with whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister, God bless her, had three natural pregnancies, natural mm-hmm. births. Mm-hmm. Her last one came very quickly at her house. I'm sh- I don't know if you've heard that story. I've yet. yeah, I've heard a little bit of it. We haven't done our full set down, but yeah, uh-huh. you were there for that, right? 
I was there. Yeah. That was that was fun. Her husband ran up the stairs to say, it's time we need to go to the hospital. And we come back down the stairs and she is holding her child on the bathroom floor. And she goes, sorry, I had my baby. (laughs) And we're like, why are you holding a child right now? (laughs) Why are you apologizing? Why are you apologizing? Also, we were gone for 30 seconds. Like, <laughs> what has happened here? <sighs> so seeing and I seeing her in her three births, I was like, I'll try natural. I'm gonna yeah. see how it goes. And a lot of that came from like I was very I was terrified to get an epidural. Like I was okay. more nervous about an epidural than I was about birth. Okay. But then I also knew if it hurts enough and I need the epidural, I'm pretty sure I will be less fearful of the epidural. So I'm also <laughs> open to that. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to come to that. Um, so I just kind of like, I wanted to know about all of the options. Mm-hmm. Um, the hospital where I was at, they had um, like laughing gas, nitrous oxide that you could use. And I was like, that could be a good option. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. I was maybe going to try that. They had, um, like a lidocaine gel that they can put like uh, in the vaginal area yeah numb it up a little bit as he's coming out and I was like that's that great. could be a good idea too yeah um so just like have all of the information about the options and then mm-hmm. pick and choose as I go and just be open to whatever um and it was nice I knew you could at this hospital you could get the epidural at any point mm-hmm. within your birth they're like we have an an anesthesiologist just for our floor just for label labor and delivery so they get there pretty quick so that was nice um so yeah but all I wanted was to come out alive and have a healthy child those were the that was the big plan man I I like hearing your, your plan because I think so many people go into it going, this is what I want. This is what I want. Mm -hmm. And they set themselves up for failure when anything Mm -hmm. has to change. And Mm -hmm. yeah, sounds like you were like, okay, here are my options. I'm going. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to show up and we're just going to wing it. Yeah. So how did labor begin for you? So uh, the, the part that I, the beginning that I remember is I'm sitting outside of a coffee shop eating a muffin drinking a coffee because I could eventually I came back around to coffee towards the end (laughs) and I was talking I think maybe I don't know if I was texting my sister if I was talking to her on the phone but I was like I feel my stomach tightening every once in a while like if I press on it it feels tight Mm -hmm. could this be something and she was like yes it could be that Mm -hmm. could be a contraction I'm like it can be yes okay good to know and that was like middle of the day on Thursday Mm -hmm. and I was like well this could be fun and interesting and then I think like around dinner time or maybe around eight or so, I started to have like painful contractions. And I was like, okay, this is happening. This is great. I think I was due on Wednesday and maybe labor started on Thursday, I think is how it went. Okay, so really close there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I think I tried to fall asleep on mm-hmm. Thursday night, but I could not. It's it like was got too painful. Mm-hmm. So then yeah. I had read the birth book and I was like taking the shower, which felt amazing. So early labor, early labor, highly recommend a shower. Yeah. Um, and then like trying to do like the positions and the leaning over and all the things that were supposed to help. And so labored all night. 
Mm -hmm. I was like, and I think I ended up like texting my family in the morning because of course my sister's like, how's it going? Yeah. How are they timed? What's going on? She's like, it's probably going to be today because I think we were, I don't remember the timing. They were anywhere from like four to eight minutes apart from my contraction. We're still kind of all over the place. And how it worked out Friday morning, I had an appointment with my midwife just to, that was our regular scheduled appointment. And Mm -hmm. I was like, so we'll go ahead. We'll go to this appointment. She can maybe check to see if I'm dilated and see how things are going. Okay. Um, The interesting thing that I learned, whatever hormone that starts labor Mm-hmm. is light sensitive oh. and so therefore your contractions can slow down during the daytime I had no idea I had no idea either but now I will stand by this because it was morning and we were driving to the midwife and I was like my like my contractions slow down to like every 20 minutes and I kid you not that night after the sun went down at like 8 p.m again they like started to kick up again and I was like what that is amazing what is happening so i don't know if it's like oxytocin i can't remember which the, what the hormone is i should i should know this and i can't <laughs> I, I should know this too um but yeah one of them is light sensitive so that's why a lot of people like go into labor at night huh. as well mm-hmm. okay the things you learn yeah so so that's so yeah i went to the midwife i was three centimeters dilated but my contractions had slowed down to like 20 minutes so Mm -hmm. she was like come back before I leave at like 4 p.m we'll check you again Mm -hmm. um and so we just hung out all day having one contraction every 20 minutes (laughs) which I don't recommend because you can't sleep you can't there's not much you can do no it's neither here nor there (laughs) yeah really uncomfortable (laughs) yeah not great. Yeah. So I think yeah. we killed some time and watched some TV and just kind of, I mean, what more can you do? Yeah. I was using my little birth ball and trying to get comfortable, but, but you can't. Yeah. So, so yeah, we went back at 4 PM was still three centimeters. She was like, we can do like the membrane sweep again, if you want to, mm-hmm. or just like, wait until it gets dark and your contractions will probably kick up and I was like let's just let's do that like I was like I'll go home I'll try to get some sleep because I was up the whole night before I haven't been able to sleep at all I was like I can at least take like 20 minute naps yeah (laughs) maybe try and like nap in between um so so we did that rested a little bit and then the contractions kicked back up again all right so yeah glad you got got rest the story or you just asked how it started and then yeah. I'm just going from here well that's fine Is that okay yeah it's good um so <laughs> oh gosh I just had a question and I completely lost it <laughs> so were you using a contraction timer by any chance like a like yes. a phone app or anything do you remember which Some one you were using app. okay no it wasn't fancy yeah. It was just to start and to stop. And I think it gave you the average length of contractions and the average time apart. Okay. Interesting. All right. So you get back in and your contractions pick back up. It's night. Yes. So um, pick back up at night. I'm really glad to hear you got some sleep because I was really worried about where you were going when you said you didn't get any sleep the night before. I was like, oh no. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was... 
it, yes, there was not a lot of sleep involved uh-uh. in this. Picture. So I did try to sleep in those 20 minute bursts in mm-hmm. between contractions. And then, cause the plan was like, we'll wait for it to kick back up. Mm-hmm. We'll go, we'll eat a good dinner. We'll go to the hospital and then we'll like, then we'll get an epidural. Cause mm-hmm. basically at that point I was going to like do the same thing on Friday night that I did on Thursday night, which was mm-hmm. be awake and labor all night. Like, yeah, can't do this again. Mm-mm. I did this one night. It was great. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I survived one night. I was like, there's no, I cannot do another night. So yeah. it's like, we will go into the hospital. We'll get the epidural because I just need to sleep. You just need to sleep. I can't, I can't do this again. Yeah. Um, so we headed to the hospital around 10, eventually, eventually got a room. Everyone decided to have a baby on this same weekend that I was having. <laughs> like there was literally no rooms. Labor and delivery was like, we're, there's too many people we're here. Both. We just, we don't know. <laughs> to do sorry so we eventually got a room I think the epidural went in around like 1 a.m okay and then I was able to like get to sleep get some sleep after them oh that's great how long were you able to sleep I mean they they take your blood pressure every 15 minutes yeah so the little cuff on your arm's going off so it's still still kind of shallow but you're not feeling the contractions so that's wonderful restful and I was just like just being able I think just being able to lay down and be comfortable, yeah. like that was, that was great. Yeah. Because without the epidural, I would not have been able to do that. Mm-mm. So no, just doing that. I think one of, so honest, it wasn't a great, we didn't have a, a great time like getting into the hospital. Like mm-hmm. we had to sit in the ER for probably like 30 minutes in an uncomfortable wheelchair. And then we were in a triage room. Like it wasn't a great experience, honestly. Yeah. We try not to think about that part. But as I'm in this triage room, laying on the bed, having my contractions and the lovely nurse, I don't, she's wonderful. I don't mean, I'm not speaking poorly of her, but I'm having a contraction. It's really hurting. And I'm laying down and she goes, you know, it doesn't hurt as bad if you're standing up. And I was like, I know that <laughs> I haven't slept. I'm physically too tired to stand and mm-hmm. go through these infections anymore. I've literally been doing that for what, 40 hours now. Like yeah. I just want to lay down. Like I know that it feels better. <laughs> Thank you for telling me this, but I can't, I can't, I can't. I oh, just bless her. <laughs> so bless her. She's wonderful. And she had like, <laughs> did stand up and do the lean over and she did like the pelvis oh, great. And it, it felt great I was like yes that does actually help but I yeah. can't do this for five more hours I'm mm-hmm. sorry no but yeah <laughs> she was she was trying to be helpful um so no just <laughs> being able to lay down and rest that was that was huge it's a world um, yes. yes if any the epidural was still scary mm-hmm. but it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. That's good to hear. It's kind of terrifying that they're putting a needle into your spine and having to catch the spot where they have to catch. But yeah, I don't know. But it, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. But it worked, so. and it, it worked amazing. <laughs> that is after good. they after it was done, I was like, "This was the best choice." 
why would I ever give birth without this? <laughs> that, would, that seems like not a smart thing to do. Sister, why did you do this three times without this? This is cool. <laughs> like, this is amazing. So yeah, now I'm like, highly recommend epidural. Unless your labor's quick, fine. But if your labor is drawn out, like, it, yes, it makes a world of difference. No, yeah. I've had I've had one of each. And okay. uh, my labors are very quick. And I have to say, like, if they weren't as quick as they are, I think I would just go right in for the epidural every time. Because uh-huh. I don't, uh-huh. I don't know how people do that longer. <laughs> it's Mm-mm. too much. Yeah. And it's, the drugs are good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Drugs are great. Yeah. And they, the hospital that we were at, they have what's called like a walking epidural. Mm-hmm. Where they like, like diet. <laughs> Yeah, like you yeah. can't actually walk on it, but I was able to move my legs the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like I was still able to like bridge my hips. Like I can't feel my legs whatsoever, but they mm-hmm. keep like some of the motor intact and just knock out the sensory. Yeah. Um, so I was still able to like bend my knees and roll them over and things like that. So that was that made That's me feel helpful. better versus yeah. just like laying there stuck. Completely. So I like that. If anybody else's facility has that, highly recommend that. I've been hearing more and more about that lately. A lot of people mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. That was great. We're going to pause for a moment and have a little ad break. Um, today, the product that I want to talk about is the Four Moms Mamaru Baby Seat. When my daughter was born, I had never used one of them before, and my mother-in-law said, hey, I would really like to get you one of these. Is that okay? And I was like, you know what? Sure. We don't have any kind of swings or anything like that. I didn't know what to expect because I didn't know much about them, and I have to say, these were a lifesaver. In those first couple of months where my daughter really wanted to do a lot of contact mapping, I will say we were blessed that she wasn't... Um, she wasn't a a very bad sleeper. She was, she was pretty good at it from the get go. But for those first few months, moms, you know how it is. It's hard to get them to, to sleep on their own without, without holding on to them, especially if you're nursing. Um, the Mamaru really got me through, made me functional during the day and kept my baby happy. She loved it. She was safe. I could sit right there with her and I could control it all from my phone. So if you think it's something you might be interested in, of course, you can get them pretty much anywhere, but you can visit their website. It's 4moms.com, the number 4moms.com. Definitely check them out. Let's just air the dirty laundry. Um, We are (laughs) re-recording. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I messed up the second part of this recording the last time we did this. So thank you so much for, for being my guest again. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So where you left off was um, during your labor, you said that you were having an exceptionally longer labor. You had gotten the epidural and were finally getting some rest um, and then just pick up from there. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it was so much needed rest and it was lovely, even though I don't remember if this was in the first recording, but they like continue to take your blood pressure every like 15 minutes. So it still wasn't like a deep sleep that I was able to get and totally pass out, but I was at least like laying down and comfortable and could relax fully, which was yeah amazing. <laughs> um, and so they 
that like they were always checking how far I was dilated. I just kept being at three centimeters. Um, so then at 4 a.m. they were like, okay, we'll start Pitocin, um, which I was fine with. I would have never wanted to have Pitocin without an epidural because I think that would have been excruciating. Yeah. Um, but since the epidural was like fully in and I'd had it for three hours, I was like, that's fine. Let's this baby needs to come out. We need to be done with this process. Um, so I was totally fine with Pitocin. It was one of those things that was a little bit scary to me, like in the birthing classes, when Mm -hmm. you hear about it, like, Oh, I hope I don't have to do that. But it wasn't a big deal. They were like, we're going to give you this and then it's going to move things along faster. And I was like, okay. And it just, (laughs) it wasn't as big of a deal in the moment as you kind of, as I made it up to be beforehand. Um, but it did work. And it like, I think maybe it took between like 4 a.m. and 8 a.m. And then I was at nine centimeters finally. Okay. Yeah. Like very <laughs> made some progress, which was great. So yeah. thankful for Pitocin. Um, so yeah. And then it was, sorry, my, my, my little nursing shirt's <laughs> popping off. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that's something they don't warn you about <laughs> before you nope, have yeah. babies. <laughs> those, those things pop all the time. It's fine. Um, so yeah, and then then it was time to push. And yeah. they, I think we were having trouble like keeping the, like the monitor thing on that you have to wear all the time. Yeah. Um, those, those little sticky things don't sticky very well. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so it was, we were just, it was more trouble than it was worth. So eventually she just took it off. Cause she was like, she trusted me. She was like, I feel like, you know, when a contraction is happening, she was like, you understand what we mean by like the, I, the pressure is building and you know, when to push. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was nice to be able to like take some of those off. And then it yeah. was just kind of like, I'm having a contraction. And they were like, are you ready to push? Yes, I'm ready to push. Um, so it was a really, I'm so incredibly thankful for both the nurse and the midwife that were in the room. Um, Just the personalities that we all had, everyone was like, it was just like a low key situation. It was amazing. Nice. Um, And they, they were helpful because I know it can be like harder to push when you have the epidural, but they were helpful with like giving me cues on how to make it more effective. Um, And so it was it was a very pleasant experience, actually. <laughs> Not being able to feel him coming yeah. out of me, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was just, it was pleasant, actually, which I never thought I would have, I would say. that's really great to hear Um, it's not actually unheard of but very few people say it yeah yeah it was way more relaxed than I ever thought it would be Mm -hmm. all we really know is like what you see in the movies and things like that and everyone's like screaming and it's stressful and all of those but we was was just there's just four of us in the room and we were chilled out we had like bird noises going on our speaker that we brought in um and it was it was just kind of lovely and that sounds it, yeah. really nice yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. um and so I think they asked if I like wanted a mirror down at the foot of the bed yeah. to watch and I was like absolutely not that's not something <laughs> nope mm-mm not something that I need to see. And my husband later was like, yeah, you're great. Yeah. You didn't need to see that. That's fine. (laughs) 
And like, he didn't want to see it either, but he was kind of like positioned on my left side, holding a leg. Yeah. So he like, you, it's hard not to see it in, yeah. in that position. But <laughs> I'm happy I didn't see it. Um, so I think I pushed for maybe like a little over an hour, hour and 15 minutes or so. And then suddenly here he was in the world. Um, my husband says that when he came out, the cord was kind of like wrapped around his neck, Mm -hmm. but the midwife had a, a little swift maneuver of like just log rolling him out of the, out of the cord, out of the cord. It was scary for my husband to like see that as he comes out, but then it was just a really smooth motion. And then they're just putting him up on your chest. And then it was it's, it's just it's a cool feeling when he is just when he was finally there yes yeah. finally on you and I thought you, you you can't describe it do you remember the first thing you said to him no no probably <laughs> probably hi little guy that's what I used to always <laughs> say to my sister's kids hey little guy it's probably something along those lines Aww. I have no idea <laughs> But uh, it can be kind of a blur <laughs> sometimes. Yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> you just suddenly have this new life on you that you created and birthed. And then it's it's like he's, you've like, I don't know, you've just waited so long. And I mm-hmm. I was always worried about him on the inside. Yeah. And so I like had my stethoscope and I would listen to his heartbeat every night just to be like, okay, his heart's still beating, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything's still fine. So it was just kind of, it was just a relief to have him on the outside and like see him and see that he's okay, I yeah. think for me. No, I totally understand that. It's it's so surreal too, because you don't, like, you know that it's in yes. there, you've seen the pictures, yes. but like, no, it's a human and it's human size. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's yours Yeah. now and the you're health. holding him and <laughs> It's very surreal. Yes, that's a good word for it. Mm-hmm. So what was the rest of your hospital stay like with him? Um, it was most it was mostly okay. It was less I would have wanted a little more. Um, but I think that comes from the hospital that I used to work at. We had a brand new birthing unit that I would go to just a couple of times I work as a physical therapist in a hospital so there's a couple of moms that needed our services afterwards um and it was a lovely brand new unit and there was only two patients there at a time and probably two nurses for like two nurses two patients um and so it was just laid back and the nurses were just in there spending a ton of time and like helping with the breastfeeding and just helping with anything they needed um but then at the facility that I gave birth at, it was, it was, just, it was not brand new. My nurse probably had four or five patients. So I just, I didn't get, it, it just, it was different than what I had experienced. Yeah. Like all of our questions were answered. We had everything we needed. Someone was always available when we needed them. Um, but I think I just like had this fantasy in my head that it did not turn out to be. Um, yeah but but that's okay yeah the nurses were great we had some really good um aides our aide overnight was amazing the one who like gave the bath and she was teaching us how to swaddle and like she was lovely and just teaching us all the basics because we had no idea to what to do with our new 
tiny human. Um, <laughs> so she was lovely. And then the lactation consultants in, in the hospital, she was awesome and gave us a ton of her time. Um, and so I'm very grateful for that, just for like making sure our little guy was okay. And yeah, um, we ended up, we had to supplement with formula. So she was like teaching us how to syringe feed because he wasn't latching on right away. Um, so just kind of making sure we were okay with all of that, which was wonderful and teaching us about breast pumps and everything you need to know along the breastfeeding journey. Yeah. It's, it's good to have help with that kind of stuff because I mean, mm -hmm. you pull a breast pump out of the box and it's like, if the flanges don't fit right, well, how do I know, you know, what kind of suction am I supposed to use? What settings yeah. is this supposed to be on? Well, yeah. What, yeah. What do I do with any of this? Yeah. <laughs> she was incredibly helpful with yeah. all of that. Yeah. And I was actually, I was just talking with a friend over the weekend who was also having a lot of trouble breastfeeding. She didn't have the lactation consultant support. She like went to a support group, but they were just like judgy and angry and like judgmental on her for having issues with breastfeeding. And she was like, never coming to this group again. Yeah. So it, it like, it can make such a different, like it can make or break your breastfeeding journey on what support you have around you. Absolutely. Um, and so she was sad that she like, like she, she didn't have the support around her to be able to be successful. And that yeah. had a big impact on her. Um, and so that was sad to hear because I also had a lot of issues with it, but had good support and we were able to eventually figure it out, even though it took much longer than people say it should, but that's okay. That was, that was our journey. Yeah. So, what, uh, uh, what other issues did you, did you have personally with it? So he ended up having a tongue tie, okay. which is something we saw right away. Mm -hmm. um, we knew my sister's youngest also had a tongue tie, but it was diagnosed like way too late in the game. Um, so it was something that was in the back of my mind to ask about and to look for. Yeah. Um, and everyone in the hospital was saying, yes, it looks like one is there. Don't do anything about it right now. It's way overdiagnosed. So you don't want to like rush into treatment for it if you don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, and so they were all saying it, it just looks a little bit moderate. You can see if it stretches out on its own um, and just kind of see what happens over the next week or so, yep. um, which was good advice. Like I would have preferred to fix it naturally in a way like that if we could have, yeah. um, but we continued to have issues. We saw a lactation consultant outpatient maybe like four or five days after we got home. Um, and she said the same thing. It looks moderate. Let's try to stretch it. Let's mm -hmm. keep working on the latch. Um, and so eventually it wasn't getting better. The pediatrician said, just go see the ENT, see what mm -hmm. they say about it. And then like, just get an expert opinion on it and, and see what you want to do there. So yeah. the ENT said, this is very severe. <laughs> let's go ahead and cut it. I think you'll have better results after that. Yeah. Um, so we did get it clipped, which was a very tough experience. Um, but now looking now that we're, now that we have a successful breastfeeding journey, I'm very thankful that we kind of went yeah. through and, and got it clipped. Um, when they clip it, they say, Oh, most kids eat right away afterwards and they're doing much better. Um, again, that wasn't our experience. <laughs> 
yeah. he was seemingly in a lot of pain. He wouldn't latch on. He like wasn't taking food. It was very stressful for the both of us. Yeah. Um, so anyone else who's kind of like thinking about this process, just know that the healing process might be a little bit longer, mm-hmm. um, but that's okay. And he did still, he was able to get it eventually. <laughs> he just okay. needed a couple, couple days of healing. Cause it yeah. was it just, it just looked painful. Like it, uh, yeah. Know. So can you tell me a little more about the, the process? What, what actually happened when you went in to, to get it clipped? So we, we had a wonderful ENT and she was able to like sit us down. Um, she examined him first and then like walked us through the whole process. Let us talk us through, like, this is what I'm seeing. This is a severe tongue tie. Mm-hmm. This is the procedure that I do to clip it. She, um, does not use a laser. I know a lot of places do use lasers or other, mm-hmm. other places don't, um, what she does, which is, um, kind of not fun to think about, but she just clips the very end and then just like pushes with her finger through the rest of the little membrane. That makes sense. Yeah. Which I, ugh, I just feel bad that he had to go through this. Yeah. Um, and then what she says is it leaves a diamond shaped opening or like with, I don't know, like a diamond shaped cut. Okay. So in her, she hasn't had, um, from all the patients that she's seen, they don't close up on their own. And yeah. that's why a lot of people do those stretch exercises and things afterwards to keep it from growing back. Yeah. Um, but she was like, it's a diamond since it's diamond shaped, it won't close up on its own. Like none of the edge, none of the edges are hitting each other to like promote it closing. So there weren't any stretch exercises or anything we had to do afterwards with her. Um, That's great knowledge to have on that kind of stuff, because I mean, that's just one more thing you have to keep up with as a parent when your child is already in pain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're already triple feeding. You're already doing all of these other things. And then, yeah, let's throw in these stretch exercises too. Um, So if your ENT is recommending that, like obviously do it, but just know that that is an option. There are ENTs out there that don't recommend that. um, Okay. If you want to search around for another one. No, that's really good information for parents who are considering that or having issues with that. Yeah. Um, What about you? How, how was your healing from the birth? Um, it was very painful. Yeah. I knew it would be painful, but I didn't, I, d- I didn't expect it to be that painful. I think, yeah. um, it was, and it, but it, it was mostly just uncomfortable. Like you can't sit anywhere comfortably. You can't like nothing, obviously going to the bathroom is very uncomfortable. Um, and then the one sort of like outlying issue that I had was, um, my right inner thigh muscle stopped working. Um, and everyone, like I noticed it the day after birth Mm -hmm. and then it was still, and so in the hospital, I was like, Hey, this still hasn't come back. And they're like, it's probably just epidural effects. Like give it some time. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But then it still wasn't coming back. So at my two week midwife appointment, I was like, this still isn't coming back. And they were like, it could still be like, longer term epidural things, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had, it just never, it was never waking back up. Yeah. And I was like, it's to the point where this can't be from the epidural. Yeah. So I did, 
a little bit of research into it about like, and so what I found out is, because I tried to Google it and nothing was coming up <laughs> on this issue, but like looking at the anatomy of it, the nerve that innervates the inner thigh muscle runs right through the birth canal. Um, and so my hypothesis is that he was sitting in the birth canal for a little bit of time and kind of crushed the nerve a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in nerves regenerate very slowly, but if a lot of times if the nerve is just crushed, it can regenerate. So it did come back. I did go get some PT and she was helpful as well, yeah. but it did like it, the nerve did regenerate. And now my leg works again, which is lovely. <laughs> That's um, fantastic. About how long did that take? It took at least two months, probably. Okay. Maybe it started coming back around like five or six weeks and then another two or three weeks, another month to get full strength. Yeah, man. Took that's, a little bit of time. I don't know. It's, it's hard to believe that something like that happens, but then you look at the diagrams of where all your organs move mm-hmm. like when you're pregnant and you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, anything really. <laughs> Any, anything can happen. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know how it runs smoothly as yeah. often as it does. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of changes our bodies go through. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so how are you how are you doing now? Everything everything going well or any Yes. Okay. We're 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 mostly pretty okay now. Okay. Um sleep is a struggle, but we'll be working on that. Um we made it through our first sickness that happened when he was about six months old. That was very stressful. The kid with the fever is no fun. Yeah. Um but yeah, so we're, we're pretty okay. He's, he's very busy. We've, um, I feel like he's just discovered he has a mind of his own and he can make his own choices and the thing. (laughs) So diaper changes, he's like, nah, I have a bad, better things to do. So I'm going to roll over and crawl away. Um, so yeah, he's, he's, he's way too busy for me. He's no time for the things I need him to do anymore. (laughs) How old is he now? He's seven months now. Um, so yeah, he's, and he constantly moves. He takes after his father. The kid can't sit still. So I think, I think we're going to have our hands full. Yeah. Sounds what like I'm, it. What I'm picking up on here recently. <laughs> yeah. But he's a sweet, he's a sweet guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. um, let's see, there was one other thing that we had touched on before, um, and that, that was, you mentioned something about hormones being light sensitive um, yes. when we were talking about labor. I did a little more research on that, and it was actually mm-hmm. really hard to find. Like, I had to yeah. I had to work. Um, it is melatonin, which makes sense because that's the hormone that puts you to sleep, and, like, yes. it's the one that gets messed up if you're, like, on screens late at night. Mm-hmm. I never would have thought that it had so much impact on moving. Yeah. Yeah. And because doesn't it like interact with oxytocin in a certain way? It does. And and so like when you have more melatonin, it like bumps up everything else. Yeah. That's crazy. Because most of the women that I know go into labor at night. And like so yeah, there's tons of women giving birth at like two, three, four in the morning. I always feel like happens I feel like the story is always well I woke up in the middle of the night and then (laughs) Mm -hmm. and now we know why yeah (laughs) Yeah. um 
and I think I don't remember if this was in the first recording or the second one, but the other um, when I was talking about the advice from the lactation consultant in the hospital mm-hmm. and how it like changed our night routine. No, I don't remember which recording that was. In. I think that was. I think that was the second one. Okay. Yeah. Um, because that that to me was one of the most life changing pieces of information that I received in the hospital once I read it again um, the lactation consultant provided us this paperwork of here's your plan here's what you need to do and I was reading it a week or two after we had been home because when he would wake up at night our whole routine would take us about an hour and a half mm-hmm. um, because he would wake up we would try and breastfeed I would pump and then we would syringe feed and then every, it was just everything was taking a while and it was stressful and nobody was sleeping and it was just too much. And so I was reading through this paperwork and what it said, it said, your first, your first priority is to feed your child. Yep. Hands down. Number one, she's like, your second priority is protect your milk supply. Um, She said, the third priority is work on the latch. And once I read that and kind of like had that laid out in front of me in my brain, I was like, I don't need to be breastfeeding at night. This is stressful and I'm anxious about it and it's not helping anybody. So I was like, we're going to give up breastfeeding at night because I'm feeding my child what I have pumped and I'm protecting my milk supply by pumping. We can work on our latch during the day when he's more awake anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So we changed our routine to where I would pump while my husband syringe syringe feed fed like what I had pumped previously. Yeah. A whole routine took 30 minutes and then it just made everything go much more smoothly. Um, so if anyone out there is stressing out about their kid not latching or anything like that, yeah. feed your baby, protect your milk supply, and then work on everything else when you're in a better state or in a, at a normal time of day, not yeah. at two in the morning. Um, that is so life-changing for me. Yeah, it would have to be. Um, and I know a lot of people don't stop to do the research on this so much, but it is really important when you're bottle feeding in the middle of the night that you do also pump because otherwise your body doesn't think that you need to make that milk mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. But when you're triple feeding, just that one little one little shift to break, like that is, it's sleep. It's mm-hmm. sanity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sanity. And then you're not stressing yourself in the middle of the night. That's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And then like, he knows when we're stressed out too. So he's yeah. not going to be reacting well to that or yeah. latching well. So yeah, <sighs> so that, was, that was, that was the best thing I could have read at that moment. <laughs> to change. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, um, coming out of things, what would you say you want other moms to take away from your story? So uh, the, the biggest, I think the, the biggest thing about my story is just being Mm open-minded about giving birth. Yeah. Um, do all of your research, know all of your options by all means have preferences, have Mm -hmm. a plan, but then don't, don't be so tied to the plan that you're disappointed if it doesn't go exactly to plan. Mm -hmm. Um, because in the end, 
like in the end, you will have birthed a human. And yeah. that's, that's, what's most important at the end of the day. Um, and no matter how they get there, mm-hmm. like months down the road, years down the road, it does not matter how they arrived. It only matters that they came. Um, so I think that's the biggest, the biggest takeaway that I would, that I've tell people yeah like be open-minded about it but definitely like don't go in like I told my sister at one point she was like what's your plan I was like my plan is to wing it <laughs> she was like that's a terrible plan <laughs> she's like you need to like be educated about it and I was like yeah like I'm fully educated on my options but I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna wing it <laughs> like yeah. just based on how things are going <laughs> so like don't go in not knowing what's happening or yeah. what the process is but like be open-minded about it. Yeah. Um, and then the other big takeaway that I tell all of my friends who are pregnant that are interested in breastfeeding is that just know that it could, it could possibly take a lot longer than people say that it does. Yeah. There are babies that latch right away and there are moms where it hurts for three days and then they're, everything's golden after that. Mm-hmm. It took him eight weeks to be a good consistent latcher and it took three months for it to stop hurting me yeah um and so just know there is good support out there if you've tried one thing like my friend's support group and it wasn't what you were looking for try and find another one Mm -hmm. um there is a lot of help out there and reach out to whoever you can because it is if it's important to you there are ways to to make it work yeah it's just not always as easy as people say that it is. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, that's that's the story of birth. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> story of birth. Uh, well, mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming back on with me, Erin. I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, have a good night. I will. You do the same. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Normal Birth Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or are interested in being on the show, please send me an email to normalbirthpod at gmail.com.